Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Pillbox Podcast. This is episode number 10. This episode is in memory of Vic. We're just going to do the episode like normal as best as we can. I'm Monica. I'm Judd. And I'm Vincent. We're going to start off with Vincent's segment, since he's not on very often, and his schedule's so much different than ours being overseas right now, so go ahead, Vincent, do your thing. So, last night I saw what some people would call a classic. It's a romance fantasy, 1998, called Meet Joe Black. He got... Uh, in the beginning, you got Anthony Hopkins as William Parrish, a businessman with his own company that he built from scratch. Uh, they don't say exactly what the company does, but it is implied that they report news. So let's just go with that. Uh, he has two daughters, uh, Allison and Susan. Allison is the oldest. Uh, So the movie starts where Allison is arranging his 65th birthday party. Uh, And Susan is a doctor. I believe, yeah, she's a surgeon. And his his daughter goes to work. There's like a cafe near the hospital right across from the street and she meets this young man there who's played by Brad Pitt you know they get to talking and everything he charms her a little bit but she's shy yeah I like you I like you too Uh, yeah I gotta get I gotta go to work so they're going separate ways after they leave the cafe And every, like, ten seconds, one of them turns around and the other is just walking away. So Brad Pitt's character, which is only stated as young man, is in the middle of the crossing. He's he's in the middle of the street and he looks back and she's gone. And he just stares and gets hit by a van. After a while... They go back to Anthony Hopkins' character, William Parrish. Uh, he's having trouble with his company. Somebody wants to buy and merge a larger company. And at, at the beginning, he's with it. He just wants to get rid of it and get the money. He starts hearing voices. Like, voices repeating quotes, he says. Shit, he says, on a daily basis. He experiences what's similar to a heart attack. So he takes off for the day, heads home. The movie skips to nighttime, where he invited the whole family for dinner. Uh, His older uh, older daughter, Allison, her husband works with him. Uh, his name is uh, Quince. He works with him in the in the same company. He's on the board of chairman. 
the two daughters, Quince and the old guy, are having dinner together. And he starts hearing the voice again saying, I'm at the door. Will somebody open? And he just phases out. And then it goes again like, I'm at the door. Am I going to keep waiting? So he calls for one of his maids to check if somebody's at the door. He says, let him into the library. I'll be there. So he goes to the library. They have a weird cringe-ass conversation. And the mysterious, the mysterious guy starts talking about how Parrish's life interests him. How he's different than other people who have money. He keeps hiding behind bookshelves and whatnot until he reveals himself to be the same young man that got hit by a car. They get to talking, and Brad Pitt's character tells William Parrish that he's death. And he says, I'll make you a deal. If you keep me around and I get to follow you around, see what you do, how you do business, you got something to gain. And Parrish asks, what do I get? And he gets, and he says, you get time. Minutes, hours, weeks. So, they're walking back. So he's going to have dinner with them now. And Parrish is out of his mind. He's like, how am I going to introduce you to them now? I'm not going to say you're dead. Nobody, everybody would leave the table. And he says, well, you'll find a way. You're a smart man. And he walks in, introduces the man as his friend. And everybody's like, well, aren't you going to tell us who he is? And after like five minutes of just staring into the distance, he goes, this is Joe. Joe who? And he stares for another five minutes. And then he's like, it's Joe Black. So, Susan, the uh, doctor who met the guy in the coffee shop, she gets home and finds this guy sitting at the head of the table. And he doesn't know who she is. And she finds it strange that he's acting like a stranger. The dude has a meal, and it's like a weird, cringy conversation at the table. Because basically, apparently, death is like a fucking caveman. He doesn't know shit about humans. Besides that, they have sex. Like Anthony Hopkins and uh, Brad Pitt? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a sex scene to go down through the fucking ages. <laughs> I, thanks to you guys, I now have images in my head that I did not think I could ever picture. <laughs> You're welcome. Brad Pitt, doggy styling Anthony Hopkins with all his fat and flabs. Thanks, thank you so much. <laughs> that image just makes me laugh. 
Hey, I mean, it's okay for you. You would fuck Brad Pitt. I wouldn't. Actually, no, Brad Pitt ain't my type. <laughs> I wouldn't touch him with a stun gun. <laughs> okay, I might touch him with a stun gun just to watch him flop like a fish. Uh, I just wanted to make air tasers. You can be about 15 feet away. Ah, there you go. That works. I think he would look funny if you kicked him in the balls. Everybody that looks funny a... if you kick them in the balls. Get, yeah, hold I, up, hold yeah. up. When we meet in October, <clears throat> I will kick you in the balls and record it, and you can see how funny you look. Wait, why me? It wouldn't be funny if it was me. It would be funny if it was Vic, maybe. <sighs> I don't want to kick Jeb in the nuts, so we're going with you. Oh, right. Vic's dead. I forgot. <laughs> Thanks, asshole. <laughs> you know, I was his closest friend. <laughs> uh, what a way to honor his memory. So, anyways, after dinner, Susan's taking a swim in an indoor pool they have. And this guy is trying to discover the mansion. Death is trying to discover the mansion. He walks in on the maids and servants making peanut butter sandwiches. And he's like, what's that? And the, uh, I don't know what it's called. It's like Bruce Wayne's guy, Alfred. Like, he's the head of everything. Butler. Anyway. Well, he's like the head of butlers. Like, there's a word for that. I forgot. I know what anyway, you're talking about, but I don't remember the name either. Continue. He offers Death or Joe Black. He offers Joe peanut butter on a spoon. And then he's like, well, I'm very intrigued. Can I get another spoon? He shoves the first spoon in his pocket and takes the other spoon, puts it in his mouth and just leaves the kitchen and... Moves to the upper floor where he finds Susan swimming. Uh, she gets out of the pool and she asks him to hand her a towel. He doesn't know what a towel is. And he offers her the spoon in his mouth. And she's like, what are you eating? Peanut butter? Isn't this what you were talking about? She grabs a towel, dries herself off, and she's like, how come you acted like you'd never know me? You showed up out of nowhere. You you just came into town two weeks, two days ago, and suddenly you're having dinner with my father. And he's like, well, I'm intrigued. And leaves. The next day, uh, Parrish walks into Death's room and Joe says, I have to go to work with you. And he says, well, how am I going to explain it to the board? Who, who are you? And he's like, you'll figure it out. It's not my problem. It's yours. So basically, this is to- what would happen if Jeb played Death and wanted to troll somebody. <laughs> 
Yeah, that kind of would happen to me. <laughs> you know, I would, I would watch that movie. I would watch that movie a thousand times if Jeb was death and Vic was Paris. Fuck yeah, that would be fucking amazing. It's your problem, retard. Figure it out. Yeah, but you see, I can't go around. Hey, what's this? Hey, what's this? That's more Vic's thing. Yeah, that's true. I guess, I guess, honestly, yeah. if we're being completely honest, Vic would fit better for death. Seriously. Did you forget again? <laughs> no, but I don't see death sniffing his feet. <laughs> of what you're describing, yeah, he would. Yeah, because he would be curious as to what foot odor is. No, I mean, he's dumb, but he's not that dumb, apparently. <laughs> I mean, he knows how his dick works. I bet you that it would be easier to convince Death from this movie that SAO is a bad anime than it would be to convince Jay. Oh, that's because Jay has little to no taste. <laughs> Fucking right. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's underrated, Jeff. It's underrated and it gets too much hate and this is his exact word slander he used that like four times (laughs) yeah because because the anime is michael jackson with two lawsuits it gets slandered I've never seen somebody use the word slander that much just because they're pissed off that somebody doesn't like the same show they like. My old lawyer probably would have done it. (laughs) He tried to accuse me of slander. He tried to accuse Mother's Basement on YouTube of slander. He tried to accuse all of the Western civilization of slander. We we should call your lawyer, Monica. <laughs> yes. We should call Solomon. <clears throat> anyway, go ahead and continue. <laughs> so, Paris takes Joey. What? What? Never mind. Paris takes Joe with him to work, and. His secretary walks up to him and says, the board is waiting for you. You got a meeting. And again, Joe goes, it's not my problem. I want to watch the meeting. I'm interested. So they walk in and Paris is like, this is Joe Black, an advisor of mine. And he just stands there. And he tells him to take a seat right next to him. So he does. And apparently every every one of them has uh, a plate of cookies in front of him. But Joe isn't sitting at the table. His chair is like at the wall. One of the board of directors is dating Susan. His name is Drew. And this guy is... The definition of a prick. So is you. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, but I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> no, no. Surprisingly, 
surprised. You won't believe this, but he's worse. I know it's hard to believe, <laughs> but he is. Yeah. God damn. It looks like Anyways. Uh, for, Joe starts discovering the office chair and how it goes like 360 degrees around and he's interested about the chair. So Parrish asks him to pull up to the table and be quiet. So he does that and he starts eating Parrish's cookies. And in the middle of Drew's talking, he goes like, you know, these cookies are really good. Can I get some more? (laughs) And Drew says, cookies, really? And he's like, yeah, they're really good. And he's like, can I get you something else? And he's like, yeah, tea. You guys have tea. And you know what? I'd like milk, too. I want to try the, the cookies English style. Can we do that? And so Drew's secretary gets that shit for Joe. Drew tries to convince Parrish to sell to the company, but now that to the bigger company that offered, but now that Parrish knows he's going to die soon, he refuses. He says, when I I built this from scratch and I want it to stay the way it started because this man is a shark. He's just going to buy it and he's going to break it down piece by piece. We earned our way by integrity, not by money. And that's fine. And Joe is still eating cookies with his milk and tea. Parrish is like, he's pissed now and all he says is, meeting adjourned, I'm done, let's go. And Joe's still eating. And he says, Joe, I'm leaving. So Joe stacks up all the cookies in his hand and takes the, the cup of milk. And he's like, nice to meet you all. And everybody on the board goes like, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> so they leave to his office. And there's an emotional scene where uh, Joe asks Parrish about his dead wife. And he gets emotional and start, he starts to cry. Parrish starts to cry over his wife. Just like I cried over Vic. Ah, uh, Vic. You cried for what? I'll like never 30 seconds? It. it was more like 10 seconds that I saw a really funny scene in the movie I was watching and I forgot again. <laughs> but anyway. Hey, I, I I was in the same boat, man. I found out, and <clears throat> I started crying my ass off, and then somebody tagged me in a funny-ass meme, and I immediately forgot. <laughs> Dude, that's even worse than what I said. I'm over here drinking myself half the death. I'm waiting to find, like, I'm going to hear about somebody who drank himself into almost a coma, somehow managed to leave his house and, like, threw a car through an old lady's window or something. Hey, I'm Irish, not the Hulk. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Parrish gets his, uh, the thing that got them into talking about his wife, that he gets his lunch, which is a lamb sandwich. <clears throat> and Joe's like, ooh, that's new food. Can I try that? 
and that's what gets them talking about his wife is that she she was the one who first made him the lamb sandwich and whatever and drew walks in as they're talking trying to convince the old man to sell and the old man goes berserk he's just like no that's final shut the fuck up and get out of my office that sounds like something that Jeb would do. <laughs> Shut the fuck up and get out of my office. Shut the hell up and get on with this. <laughs> and uh, after that, Drew still tries to convince the old man, and the old man goes like, Parrish goes, what's up to Joe? And Joe's still eating. And Drew goes, "What? who even is Joe? And Parrish goes, there is no secrets between Joe and I. We know every single aspect about each other. And Joe goes, what the fuck do you know about me? And Drew just stares at them both before he leaves. And Joe's like, why Why are you so pissed? And, he, and Parrish goes, if I'm going to die, I want to leave something. So... I have a family to take care of. And then he tells Joe that he needs some time alone. And Joe says, but I, I want to see what you do. So he takes out some money, gives it to Joe, and he asks his secretary to give Joe a map of the city. Joe doesn't wait for the map and just leaves to the hospital where Susan works. So, so he and Susan talk for a bit like, oh, what are you doing here? I came to see you, blah, blah, blah. So this is where, like, you get, you know that death is interested in the girl. That is the weirdest and, fucking concept imaginable. The, the supreme being, death being attracted to some random bitch. How many times has angels fucking been? Uh, okay, good point, good point, Jeb, good point. And uh, uh, a lady that I think they're Jamaican because their accent is like, they just refer to it as the islands. But uh, a girl rolls in her mother on a wheelchair. She's really old. And then she sees Joe and she's like, demon, bad spirit, whatever. And the doctor leaves to talk to the young girl. And he reassures uh, the old lady that he's not here for her. And she's like, well, you came to the best place. I mean, it's the hospital. Are you here to reap? Are you here to, like, just harvest? And he's like, nah, I'm here on vacation. So the old lady asks him to die because she's in a lot of pain. And he's like, nope, I can't do that. It's not your time. And she begs and she begs and he says, nope, it's not your time. We don't fuck with shit like that. And they cart it away and then it goes Wait, like, wait, wait, wait. Hold up. <clears throat> it's not your time. We don't fuck with shit like that. But yet he's prolonging this other guy's life just so he can, you know, have a vacation. I mean, the dude's on vacation. Do you want to ruin it for him, man? <laughs> 
Uh, no, I'm just pointing out an obvious plot hole. I'm not being a smart ass. Don't you think? Don't you think? Don't you think he gets tired of just reaping souls all the time, man? Give him a break. I don't know, man. I think I would enjoy that for a good like six thousand years okay. before I got bored. He got, he got stuck in Brad Pitt's body. Okay, show him. Give him some credit. Okay, that is kind of sad. I do feel bad for him on that one. All right. Uh, he got married to Angelina Jolie and cheated on her with a nurse. How dumb can you get? How dumb can you get to marry Angelina Jolie? Yeah, you got a point there. Okay, that's, that's completely stupid because Billy Bob Thornton did it, and both of those two are psychopaths. Like, they put me to fucking shit. <laughs> I mean... No, the, they're walking the first... around like files of each other's blood around each other's necks when it was Billy Bob and uh, whatever. My, fr- two, my friend did that with his girlfriend for a while. When I found out about that, I was like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Awesome. So you have AIDS around your neck. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the worst celebrity marriage was Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Nobody can argue. Anybody married to Tom Cruise is a mistake. Tom Cruise, isn't he a Scientologist? Tom Cruise himself is a mistake. Exactly. Well, John Yeah, fuck that noise, man. No respect for anybody who's willing to be in that kind of shit. Uh, that's why they were one of the first people to get attacked. <laughs> Fucking right. <laughs> so, anyways, back to the movie. Uh... Death realizes after she tried to convince Mila that he cannot go on her shifts and shit with her. He cannot accompany her to all her patients. After the old lady, he's like, well, I think I shouldn't be here. So I'm just going to go back to the office. He leaves and the movie jumps back to the house again where... Uh, they're having dinner, and Drew is there. And Susan and Joe get to talking at the table. And when um, when they're putting the food in everybody's plate, Joe's like, no, no, I, I don't want any of that meat. Can I get some peanut butter? And he's like, uh, the butler's like, do you want it on some toast or something? And it, Joe's like, no, I just want a spoon. So... Susan is apparently, I mean, she's the dumbest bitch alive. She's interested why this guy likes to have peanut butter. And she goes, don't you find that amazing, like small things like peanut butter? I mean, if you find shit that small, interesting, imagine what she would say about Vic's dick. Knock it the hell off. All right, the guy's dead. We can't make fun of his dick anymore. I mean, hey, having a micro penis is nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, dude, seriously, this is coming from me. Pay some respect to the dead. Uh, well, yeah, when Vic, when Jeb says it, I can't argue. Yeah, you the know you're going ter- too far when Jeb steps in. 
I apologize to your soul, Vic. May you rest in peace. I hope you're not spitting on me from hell right now. Anyway. I like how you automatically assume he's going to hell. Dude, the guy had roleplay clones that fucked each other. What do you think? <laughs> I think there might be a place in heaven for that. <laughs> for clones? <laughs> yes. Like, maybe that would be his paradise where all his clones are real and they actually get to nut on their computer. Okay. It, do I have to quote what my neighbor said the other day about heaven, hell, and Satan, and all that crap? He isn't even accurate by biblical standards. Dude can go fuck himself. I'm those sex in heaven. is like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. It's full of ice cream and cake, and we're going to live in mansions. And the only thing is, you can't sex. Sex is a dirty, dirty sin. Is this and dude like five? Maybe, maybe he mistakes. No. For an eight-year-old, I this guy has to have like undiagnosed autism. That's the only thing I can think of. And like, holy crap, Christian parents! I mean, either that or he was in World War Two and he was shagged by a German. Dude, this kid's my age. Wait, seriously? Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure he doesn't have like a uh, like sleeper cell down syndrome where you can't see it or hear it but it's still there? Was he in a sleeping bag? What the fuck does a sleeping bag have to do with this? I don't know, I just want any sign that he's retarded. I don't know. He was screwing a crackhead for a while and she talked him into doing cocaine, which I saw the unfortunate coming of that. <laughs> Maybe it was the cocaine that fucked him up. Maybe he no. thinks there's cocaine in heaven. Well, in Willy Wonka's magical factory. <laughs> That's where all Dude, the nose candy is. <laughs> I've known this kid for like five years. He's just that, that far to fuck out there. Jesus. Like, I just, mean, just smash Willy Wonka's famous jawbreaker and snort it up? I don't, dude. This is the same kid that I've had to make, like, three separate complaints to management that he keeps handing me church pamphlets. He has signed me up on church newsletters. <sighs> and he has had sorts of gifts on Christmas Eve. Jesus. Let's not forget the fact that he lets them into the goddamn apartment and has them sing Christmas carols right in front of my door. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, this sounds I, I like the wanna... this sounds like the bitch that used to come into my gas station all the time and would pretend to be giving me a tip, but it would be one of them fake dollar bills about Jesus. Uh so it's like when I was working at the store once and I was cleaning the windows outside. And some girl walked by and she gave me a paper that read, uh, do you want to know where sin comes from? And I mean, I know you guys never played Final Fantasy X, but the, like, the main villain in Final Fantasy is called Sin. And I'm like, no, thank you. I played the game. I know where it comes from. It's magic and shit. Thank you. <laughs> and, and they never came back to the store. I wonder why. 
Oh, man. No, what's really fun is when you get a Jehovah's Witness at your door, or a, a Mormon, rather, and they're trying to sell you on Jesus and be like, I'm not interested, but have you heard of our Lord and Savior Cthulhu? They leave really quick. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I used to It's like yeah. going into a therapist's office and saying, I see dead people. <laughs> Oh, dude, when Jehovah's Witness used to hit my, my house when I was living with my parents when I was younger, I would skip school, high as a kite. Inevitably, those motherfuckers would come knocking on the door. I would invite them in. <laughs> <laughs> we just, just, have, just have a picture of Brian Cranston and be like, would you like to hear about our Lord and Savior Heisenberg? <laughs> I prefer Cthulhu. Uh, Cthulhu works really well because nobody expects Cthulhu. It's like the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects Cthulhu. A flying spaghetti monster, religious people expect that. The invisible pink unicorn, uh, people expect that. Nobody is prepared for fucking Cthulhu. Scribble not. Because if you type in Cthulhu, that little monster pops up and you get to move him wherever the hell you want to and he hits you. <laughs> so, uh, back to the movie. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we got a little off track here, boys. <laughs> Dude, we went from peanut butter to Cthulhu. <laughs> I'm going to have fun in editing going back and figuring out how that little breadcrumb trail happened again. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyways, uh, they get to talking and it gets kind of flirty with everyone around the table and everything. So, uh, Parrish and Joe go talk about shit in the office, and Drew's about to leave. And Susan's walking into the door. And he's like, I don't like the way he was talking to you or looking at you, and vice versa. And she's like, well, I happen to like the way he looks at me and talks to me, and vice versa. Is that okay? And he's like, fuck no, that's not okay. And she's like, well, then I guess we had a good thing going. And he says, well, I thought we did too. Goodbye. And uh, Joe is standing behind her. When she turns around, he's just standing there like a fucking creep. Like, the dude was good for the role. Like, just standing like a fucking creep. He doesn't move his hands at all. He just stares. Like, like, like he's just standing there in a weird way and just staring. That's how I imagine you try to pick up chicks. Oh, come on, I'm not that bad, all right? Bullshit, I call bullshit. Walk into a fucking grocery store and stand behind the senior citizens hoping they'll walk into your crotch or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, is my crotch in your way, ma'am? I'm sorry. The old ladies do not want to feel your mandarin oranges. Give up. You know, I once tried my luck with a younger chick and it didn't end well. I got pepper sprayed and I got hit in the nuts with a with a purse. But anyways, that's not that's not what we're talking about here. Uh you know what? I actually believe that. Continue. 
dude, even I don't believe that. Because <laughs> they don't give enough attention to a guy like me, even for a beating. <laughs> okay, that's true. All right, then. Back to... Meet that. Joe Dirt. Fuck, I'm too tired for this shit. I'm just saying stupid shit at this point. <laughs> Whatever the shit thing is, just bitch. <laughs> so, anyways, he's like, how long have you been standing there? And he replies with, I don't like the way he talked to you. But... I like the way you replied. So, all is good now. And she just walks up really close to him and she's like, in a weird way, you're a fucking creep, but you're seductive. And she tries to go in for a kiss, but he doesn't understand. And he just stands there looking left and right. Like, whoa, what am I supposed to do now? Oh, so once again, you... Okay. <laughs> okay, come on. That's a little bit unfair. <laughs> I think it's perfectly Dude, fair. Get on a kid. So fuck you, Vic. You had to die, and I have to Vic? become the. Who the fuck are you calling Vic? Vic isn't here. Is his ghost That's... talking to you? Did you did you not hear what I said? The no. fucker had to die and leave me oh. to be the punching bag of the podcast. Oh. You know what? Fuck you, Vic. <laughs> okay, got it now. Like I said, I'm too fucking tired. All I heard was "fuck you, Vic." I'm like, wait, is this ghost talking to you? I mean, I do believe he will reach out to me. <laughs> He's gonna fondle your ass while you're asleep. <laughs> I do not want to wake up to that, man. <laughs> oh, you just want to sleep through it, huh? I'd rather sleep through it, yes. I do not want to be molested by a ghost. That's a quotable. <laughs> so, anyway, she finally gets weirded out by the guy and leaves. Then uh, the next day, Drew arranges a secret meeting with the board without uh, Parrish. And, oh, before that, on dinner, uh, Quince, the older, uh, the older daughter's husband, he goes to Parrish and he's like, I know you don't want to merge with that guy, but I've been doing some research. I got a lot of good ideas. I think I could maybe come talk to you next week. And he knows he's going to be dead by next week. So he says, well, it's up to Joe. And Quince tells that to Drew. So the next day when Drew's um, uh, at the secret meeting and he's trying to turn people against Parrish, he calls Quince up and asks him to tell him what he said about it's up to Joe and whatnot. And as soon as he says that, everyone's convinced. When uh, when they walk out, Quince has no idea how how bad he fucked up. 
<coughs> they, they just leave the meeting. And uh, Joe goes to the hospital again to see the old lady. And he sees the old lady and they talk and she starts begging him again to die. And they get to talking. She says, you're not supposed to be here. And he says, but I'm in love. And she says, what? How are you in love? You're fucking dead. And he's like, well, I'm in love. And she loves me back. And she says, you're not supposed to be here. You have a good image. You like, you got a picture, but just take it and get your ass back home and take me with you. And he's like, well, do you have enough images? Yes, I do. All right, then close your eyes. She closes her eyes. He puts his hand on her shoulder and boom, she's dead. He just leaves. Uh, then another scene where Susan is in the swimming pool and he walks up. He just stands there. When she gets out, they talk and he has the most stupid replies. Like everything he replies with, everything he replies to with, yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm interested. Yeah, that's very interesting. And she starts, she takes off his jacket and starts unbuttoning his shirt. And he just, he's just looking left and right, left and right. And she gets kind of scared. So he starts unbuttoning his own shirt. And, well, yeah, they fuck. But to be honest, I mean, I, I, I've been shitting on the movie ever since it started. But to be fair... Most sex scenes are cringy in movies. This scene was actually done good. It was probably the only good thing done in the movie. The only thing done right. It was are, actually done good. Are we talking good like Titanic good, quote unquote, or are we talking actually good? No, no, no. Like Titanic good. No. Oh, Titanic? Okay, my point with that sentence was Titanic was not good. Like, okay. I, well, by, when you said good, good, you meant basically poor. So, Titanic is more like it. But no, actually, no, seriously, no. It, it was really good. Like, the soundtrack of the scene got me into it. Like, it's it's more sensual than erotic, if that makes okay, sense. So you, if you like it, that means the soundtrack grabbed its crotch and went tee hee. <laughs> After the sex scene, they just decide that they're together now. And again, uh, Parrish asks the family over for dinner because the guy's dying. And his daughter, Allison, who's arranging his 65th birthday, uh, she brings in three cakes. 
And he's like, I don't like cake. And she says, it's for your birthday party. And he says, the fucking goddamn birthday. Great. And she gets all emotional and she starts to cry because her daddy doesn't give a shit. And she starts to cry and yell and scream. And so, yeah, she's basically a brat. And you, okay, you said they, at the beginning uh, that this was actually a good movie. Other than a few points that we've been able to make fun of you, so far this doesn't sound like a good movie. No, actually, now that I'm reviewing it, it's stupid. But you know, to be fair, I was really sleepy when I was watching the movie. God it was okay. 9 a.m. Goddamn, I have to say, you are an expert reviewer, motherfucker. Don't give your goddamn opinion. <laughs> <laughs> don't form your goddamn opinion until you're doing the fucking review 10 out of 10 best review ever that makes sense but I didn't say my opinion on the podcast though you did this movie sounds like retard's first field guide that makes sense that would be a that would be a good title so um he perish eats out of the cake, and he's like, okay, we'll just go with this one. And they just laugh, and she shuts up, and Death laughs in a weird way, and just keeps on laughing. Anyways, after dinner, um, Susan's leaving, and Joe walks her to the door. They make out, and Parrish sees it, and he walks down the stairs, and he's like, were you just kissing my daughter and he says well yeah it's none of your concern it's none of your business and he says how is that not my concern it's my fucking daughter and he says well you're forgetting who I am I'm fucking death so you fuck you shut the fuck up I can do whatever I want because I'm death and you can't say shit about it and he says he says again it's my daughter and he says well fuck you I love her, and I'm death. I get to love whoever I want to do whatever, whatever, and whoever I want. And he asks, did you guys fuck? Like, he doesn't actually ask. He's, like, trying to scold Joe, and he's like, well, yeah, we did. It was swell. <laughs> okay, now I can believe that coming out of your mouth. Did you want to suck? Yeah, it was swell, Mom. Oh, great. You were out with a girl you fucked. Well, yeah, it was really fun. You should try it sometime. <laughs> Anyways. Um, the guy's birthday party comes up. And... Uh, Joe goes to him and says, well, there's a scene before that where uh, he meets with his daughter and warns her from Joe, but she still doesn't give a fuck. And um, Joe tells Parrish that you're leaving after the birthday. That's it. And um, next comes the birthday, a huge party. He starts 
<clears throat> apologizing to his older daughter because he wasn't as good to her as the other one. Starts to say his goodbyes. He's finishing up his shit. And um, Quince uh, walks up to Joe at the party. Quince like takes a liking to Joe throughout the movie. <clears throat> and he uh, walks up to him during the party because uh, I forgot about this. Um, the day of the party, uh, the day of his birthday, Joe and Parrish go to work in the morning before the party. Uh, they go to his office and uh, the secretary walks up to him and she's like, yeah, there's a, the board is waiting for you. And he's like, I didn't call for a meeting. So he walks in all pissed that you guys formed a meeting. I didn't call for a fucking meeting. What the fuck are you doing? And Drew says, well, the guy uh, made a better offer, and we're going to take it. And he says, I already said no, that's out of question. So Drew puts it to a vote that they, because now he's 65, uh, they can uh, make him mandatory uh, retirement or shit. Uh and because he has proof that he said it's up to Joe, so he convinced the board that Joe is running everything. So everyone but Quince and another guy voted yes to uh, Parrish retiring. Therefore, he's no longer president of the board. So then Drew puts it to a vote that they merge with the other company. And everybody ex- agrees again, except Quince and the other guy. And Parrish and Joe just like storm out. Joe makes a stupid threat to Drew. And uh, when Quince walks out, he uh, Drew walks up to him and he's like, uh, "You know what the best part is? Uh, I'm the inside man." Now he's going to buy now that guy's going to buy the company and he's going to sell it and we're going to be loaded. And Quince goes, "I'm going to fucking expose you. I didn't know you were going to get the old man fired. It's his own company." And he says, "What are you going to do? You're going to go tell him that you fucking exposed him to us and you're the reason he lost the company." So, during the birthday, it still didn't start, but Quince is already drinking and he walks up to Joe and out of guilt, he tells Joe about what happened. And Joe says, if I were you, I would go confess. I would go tell him. And he says, shouldn't I do it after the party? And he says, no, go do it now. So he does that. And Parrish is just like, ah, you're good. Whatever. I forgive you. And uh, uh, Parrish calls Drew. And ask him to show. Asks him Am to show up to the party. Am I the only one who finds it a little on the nose that Anthony Hopkins' character's name is Parrish? Nah, I got that. I just stopped caring. <laughs> yeah. I prefer. And, and, and Vincent, if you're gonna act like this was some subtle shit, what does Parrish mean? No, I know what it means, and I get it. I know what it is. That's the name of the parents from uh, Jumanji. (laughs) That's what I was thinking too, actually. I know what parish means. Quickly Googles the answer. 
Dude, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but see, in this movie, so you notice how smart they are. It's written with an A, not an E. Uh-huh. Uh, see? Clever. What they did there? That's about uh, as clever as Team Silent's B-team naming the main character of Silent Hill 4 Henry Townsend when the town was literally sending for him. <laughs> yep, that's pretty much it. Um, anyways, the party's on and Parrish asks for uh, Quince to get Drew over. Um, so Joe walks out to the party and he meets Susan and, um, it's a fucking cringe ass scene where they stand close to each other and she's like, my dad said you were going to leave. You won't be here for long. And he says, my time with your father is done and, uh, I have to leave and you'll always have the guy. I promise you'll always have the guy you met at the coffee shop and he just leaves he goes to Parrish's office uh, a short while after. Uh, Parrish has the board on, on, on the phone, on speaker. And he asks them to be quiet. And he asks Joe to be quiet. And Drew walks in. And Parrish goes, shut the fuck up and sit down. You're exposed. You're done. That's it. And uh, Drew goes... You don't have shit on me. You can't prove it. And Joe says, you know what? It's time I put you in your place. I, it's a cringe-ass scene. It goes like this, like, I, and Parrish goes, no, don't. Am? No, don't do it. An IRS agent. And they just stare at each other for like a minute. And then uh, Parrish goes, yeah, yeah, he's, um, an IRS agent, and uh, you're exposed. And he's like, then Drew goes, I'm going to call my lawyer. Parrish says, you're not going to call your lawyer. I have a deal for you. Your resignation would be fine. And he's like, okay, I'll do it first thing in the morning tomorrow. And a guy from the board on the speaker says, resignation accepted. All those in favor to reinstate Parrish, and they vote for reinstating him. And the guy walks out, and Joe again threatens him, like, stupidly. And uh, Parrish walks out, makes a speech about how life is short, and 65 years went by really fast. He dances with Susan a little bit, and then um, the fireworks go on. So she asks him, should we just go watch the fireworks? And he says, yeah, I'll be there in a bit. So Joe is standing on the top of a hill and he's crying. You know, death is crying. <laughs> Anyways. You, you don't think death can get a bit emotional? No. Death is impartial. <laughs> it takes both the rich and the poor. Uh, before that, before even Drew walks in. No, wait. wait yeah, I kind of fucked up. Before uh, Joe meets uh, Susan in the party, he tells Parrish that he's taking Susan with him. 
Ed Parrish goes crazy. Like she has all her life ahead of her, and that wasn't the deal. We had a deal that if I don't tell anybody who you were, you wouldn't involve my family in this. And he says, "Well, fuck you. I'm death. I'm gonna do it, whether you like it or not." But when he talks to Susan, he changes his mind, and he tells Paris that he changed his mind. And so Death is now standing on a hill, and he's crying. And um, Parrish walks up the hill, and he's like, all right, that's it. You're ready to die. Yeah, I'm ready. They start walking up the hill, so like nobody from the party sees Susan sees them walking where Joe was supposed to be gone. So they follow them, and before she gets to them, Joe comes back alone. And he's like, um, what, what, what am I, how did I get here? Why am I here? And why am I in a tuxedo? And... Uh, Susan and him talk, and she realizes that the man she fell in love with was death by talking to the guy from the coffee shop because she realizes he's not the same person and says, if you only had the chance to meet my father, he would have liked you. And uh, uh, I saw what you got. I see what you got there. And despite the fact that her father is probably lying dead next to a tree right now, um, she takes the guy's hand and they go back to the party and they dance until the end of the party. And that's it. You got your movie. Two out of ten. No, I'd give it a one. Do I have to rate it? <laughs> <laughs> just just say it. it's a pile of shit out of ten. No, that that that's reserved for Lethal Weapon the series. Uh, I'll be Please. honest. Uh, nothing can be that. I'll be honest. The only reason that I'm salvaging with salvaging it with a two is it seems like some of the jokes <laughs> might kind of land. I mean, the only thing good about it was how um, Death was so dumb. It was kind of funny. Yeah, exactly. The, some of those jokes kind of landed, but at the same time, it's like basic bitch tier humor, so I'm still only giving it a two. But at least there was humor that landed. Have you seen the movies that fucking Vic has been reviewing? No. The Bed That Eats. Fucking what? He was reviewing horrible movies on purpose. Uh, he's doing a segment called Two Turds, One Nugget, where he would review two <laughs> shit movies and then one good movie. Uh, God bless him. You know what? We should should make we should make one episode just dedicated for two shits, one nugget every month, just to keep the memory of Vic going on. I think I might have to just edit together a special episode with all of his wise words like like whale feces. Where's I'm, I'm, I'm tearing up. Wait, wait. Where's the mic? Get it close to my nose. Uh, I'm tearing up, guys. I, I can't. We better, we better move on to the next segment before we lose control. 
God damn it, not this again. Cloud, think about Lethal Weapon. That's even worse. No, I mean the original movie. Think about Mel Gibson jumping off of that building. Oh, okay. Uh, Martin Martin Riggs is a good character. (laughs) (laughs) Knew that would work. All right, uh, next segment. We're on to Jeb now. And and this segment is also uh, in the memory of Vic. And it's sponsored by uh, his uh, wife in heaven. No, it's it's sponsored by the uh, the Vic Relief Fund that we set up. People can just give us money to make us feel better. It, every dollar will help our heartache just a little bit. Yeah, seriously, I need dollars to wipe my tears. Come on, because there's no there's no toilet paper out there anymore. Exactly. Fifty dollar bill would do fine to hold the snot. Yeah, if I would have known that uh, <clears throat> that he was going to pass away, I probably would have picked something a little bit better than this. It's all right, man. Uh, yeah. I'm doing Chris Chan. Honestly, I think if anybody's insulting his memory here, it'd be me. Yeah, yours is about cringe. Mine's about dog issue. <laughs> You know, maybe maybe we should just reschedule and and do a better segment. Like I'll review The Godfather in the memory of Vic. You would ruin that review, and his ghost would come back to kill you. Oh come on! Nobody that is stupid enough to ruin The Godfather. You are. Okay, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) At least you admit it. Because I would, I would want to find something to pick on, on purpose. You're just going to end up doing and the I, Family Guy argument. That's all you can do. Sitting yeah, in that panic find, room. I, I did not care for the Godfather. Did, did not care for the Godfather. I haven't even finished the thing. I get to the point where they're all sitting in the easy chairs, and <clears throat> I just, I can't do it. It's... I remember that scene. That's a great scene. I couldn't even understand a word they were saying. Like, were they even speaking English? They were speaking Italian! <laughs> that's that's the best Family Guy scene I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, anyway, on to your review, Jeb. <laughs> uh, uh, let me just run down the... Starts really quick. We're selling our uh, special Vic merch. Uh, we're uh, we have the pillow head thingies, and uh, Vincent, we Vincent, have the we stupid about, glasses. Vincent, we talked about this. We're not going to start pimping out the merch based on his death until he's been dead for at least a week. But yeah, well, yeah. by the time this podcast look, is out, look, he'll be we dead want for people week. to feel bad <laughs> and then start to steal their money. We can't just do them both at once. It can't be a one-two punch. But I'm, Dude, but I'm really excited about the We are not solidified. We have the front view. I I have to go off the year images of what the back view looks like. Exactly. I mean. The Sorry, merch isn't even really ready to happy. sell you. My God, man. 
Jesus. I, I'm just Vincent. really excited about the Vic size condoms, okay? <laughs> Damn. Look, I still haven't gotten the rights to that one yet. There's a lot of legal issues with that one. You need to slow your oh, role player. I mean, did, did they did they agree to my idea to poke holes in them as a prank? No, there was a lot of legal issues with that. Really? I would have wrote on the box in like small writing that it works 0% of the time. <laughs> 100% of the time it works 0% of the time. Every time. And it's guaranteed. And if it doesn't, you get your money back. If you don't get your bitch pregnant, you get a full refund. <laughs> we'll even give you a couple stocks. <laughs> but all, all the Vic uh, merch money is going to be donated to um, us. Yeah, we're giving we're giving Vincent a two percent cut so he can try to get out of the fucking awful country that he's in the first chance he gets, and the rest of it gets split between me and Jeb. Yeah, and then I can be um, a Jehovah's Witness for selling Vic merch. Can I have a moment of your sir? My deceased friend, I put his face on a t-shirt. Would you like to buy it? I'll die if you don't. I'll, re- I'll, I'll cry on your porch. And his family asked for a cut, and we told them that they were just being jealous and they needed to honor their son's memory in a less greedy way. And we're not Forrest Gump, and we're not going to give him half of the shit, so you got to pay up. <laughs> anyway uh, Jeb start your segment I'm gonna step <laughs> out and the, out the back door and smoke I'll be back in like uh, two minutes maybe but uh, yeah start your segment hopefully if I'm not in here Vincent won't derail so bad did you you just you just mentioned me in a, oh fuck you you really quoted it fuck you <laughs> <clears throat> I did that a little while ago. All right, I'll be right back, guys. Go ahead and start your review, Jeb. All right. Uh, run down the list of names here. Uh, you got Pocanotu is done by Todd Hathorn. Potru is done by Tabitha Ray. Mm. Toe Endo. <clears throat> Sorry, Toe Endo is done by jo- uh, Justin Pate. Yo Shibure is done by J- Jeremy Einman. Uh, Seiya is done by Sarah Rydale. Um, yeah, what I'm reviewing is uh, Daga Shikashi. It's, nice. uh, <laughs> you're saying that like you know what it is. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's a guilty pro, uh, pleasures show, pretty much. It's a uh, slice of life. There's no real point to any of it. But the main story revolves around uh, Kokonotsu, or it's just friends called Kokonotsu. So it's basically like Samurai Champloo. That's like there's no like there's no real con. Uh, concentration on the plot, like every episode is different than the one before? Similar, but you know, similar with that one, there's an overarching story. It's just each time was different, but they're still working towards that ultimate goal. 
So basically, One Piece. This thing is not 950 some odd episodes long. Well, yeah. Story revolves to his friend, coming on his father, Yo. He's trying to get Kokonotsu to take over the family business, which is a little doggishy shop. Hmm. Now... Over the over the whole thing, you get different characters. You get to find out that they all become his friends. The first one that really gets flushed out is Hotaru. Hotaru is uh, she is the daughter of a giant corporation, like giant Dagashi Corporation's um, mm. CEO. So, she originally goes there to meet his father, Yo. He's, Yo has stepped out for a bit, having coconuts to watch the store. So, in Monica, uh, what the fuck are you doing? He's sucking dick for bear money. What do you think he's doing? You don't Fuck that. off. I was rolling down my fucking window so I can smoke. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, I heard, I heard heavy breathing that sounded like it was a child's. What the okay, fuck the are you doing? heavy breathing was me going down the stairs. I'm a fat man. Shut up. <laughs> Me and distance do not get along unless there's a car that's bridging the gap. (laughs) (laughs) To whatever, Jack Black. Uh, Shut the fuck up. You know, I get enough fucking Post Malone, I don't need people to start the fucking Jack Black shit. (laughs) Post Malone, that's, that's, that's precious. Yeah, I get told that I look like Post Malone before the tattoos. So you, you wish you looked like Post Malone. Fuck, no, I don't. He's ugly as shit. Yeah, that's my point, dumbass. No, see, I, as bad as I am, Post Malone is a downgrade. I mean, he was a bit better before he fucked himself up with those tattoos. Uh, okay, I will give you that. But but then again, that's like saying six nine was better before he fucked himself up with the tattoos. You're not really going that far down. Fuck that motherfucking snitch. Oh, you know he got out, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, because of the COVID shit, and uh, some uh, the the mayor in his town had tweeted Wait, something was, about giving. It was because of the COVID. It wasn't because of the snitching. 
No, the snitching got him a reduced sentence, and then COVID, he got out because he has asthma and shit. But the mayor of his city was saying, like, uh, if you can give us any information about anybody who's sick or whatever, blah, 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 blah. This motherfucker 6'9 and gets on, and he's like, time to be a hero. He's going to get whacked. Oh, yeah. As soon as this fucking COVID shit passes, he's a fucking dead man. Unless they put him I'm in witness protection. What was that, Jeb? Oh, yeah. be the most colorful witness. <laughs> I didn't get him to witness protection because he's pretty recognizable. On his face. <laughs> right? Rainbow. His teeth is a rainbow. I, for some reason, the night before we moved, I watched a documentary on him because I had insomnia and it just happened to pop up and it was like a seven and a half hour fucking documentary. But after I watched it, all I could think to myself was, why did I waste my time watching a video about a Skittle who, a Skittles bag that thinks it can rap? <laughs> you know, unless they ship him off to Newfoundland or something. I will say this in 6ix9ine's defense. Right before he snitched, there was a video, uh, there was a, a, a voice call that was released. The gang that he was in was planning on like doing a fucking hit on him. And the FBI showed him the tape, and that was part of the reason why he fucking snitched on them. I, I love the memes, to be honest. Like, I saw a meme that said the McDonald's ice cream mach- yogurt machines are always working, but they're just too lazy to fucking clean it. (laughs) And then there's a picture of Ronald McDonald putting a hit on him. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Jeb, go ahead and continue with your review. I'm I'm just too tired and I'm saying stupid shit now. But I'm always Same here, man. Different. Wait until we get to mine, because if you're still in the call for mine, you're going to lose your goddamn shit. I can almost guarantee it. If I'm still alive, that is. <laughs> no, mine's not that boring. I still have the will to live. Oh, yeah, yours is fine. No, no, no. I'm just saying that it's so fucking bad. The shit that I'm going to be touching on is so horrible Y'all are going to lose your jaws. They're going to fall to the floor and roll underneath of tables. Oh, that's bad. My table's pretty short. I'm going to have a hard time picking it up. Well, the problem with time drinking, it's not going to shock me otherwise. Okay, you might not be too shocked by it, but I imagine you'll have some comments. (laughs) See, that man's life is nothing but horrible comments. (laughs) <laughs> Essentially, I'm different. I'm just I'm gonna before you finish getting into your review, something to keep in mind when I start mine. At the point in the timeline we're at right now, he is 22 or 23 years old. Just just remember that for when I'm telling you about this shit that goes down. Uh, oh, good. All right, go for it, man. Do your sheet. The first person you really see him interact with, aside from his father, is Hunter. And like I said, Hunter is that daughter of the CEO of the Chidere Company. Now, since Yo was gone, 
she's challenging him to like, hey, this is in my bow. You can do this, this, and this with it. I want to challenge you to make up this different kind of meal with it. So he he goes for it, beats her at her own game. And right behind that is when Yo gets introduced and the whole thing behind them with uh, Hotaru wants Yo to come work for their company. But Yo flat out tells him, like, no, I'm not going to do that. Not until my son takes over the family business. And it's at this point where Hotaru loses her shit and runs up the coconut, grabs his hands, and goes, they're going to see a lot of me. i got to make sure to take place over. And from there, it goes down the line little by little each friend, uh, Ko and Saya are brother and sister, so those two are running a cafe together. So, Tokonosu is in and out of and everybody's in and out of Shidere Dagashi. And this, I love the show to death. It is fun to put on, fun to film out in, but unless you're sitting there counting and naming off each type of dog she that they're, they're aiming out, if you're not interested in it, you're going to just die of boredom. Like I was telling Vincent, they're... I just nailed down the plot. It's, it's trying to take over. And that's why Hoster keeps coming back day after day and back after different spots. You know, getting these people involved in, like, hey, this is the history of this. Hey, did you know this about this? And all, all this stuff is true. I mean, it's all based on real Japanese dagashi. It's got domains, the real add-ons to these things. And like I said, it's it's a guilty pleasure. It's fun to put on if you if you want to look really stupid. But it's on all the all the tropes. Hey, here's a pull episode. Hey, here's a festival episode. Things that really stood out to me was first off, the off, and Yell was doing snack reviews the same way that we review the stuff we do, horribly. There was another episode where Hotaru and Yell. Ahead of time. And some kind of shape. Turns out what they're doing is they're selling each other bottle ramen. They, uh, what do you eat with a straw? 
and going back and forth about how addicting it is, and they're scratching themselves, acting like it's heroin. And at the end of that little segment, you get to see both of the and yo act like they're walking off to rehab, speaking kind words to each other, like, you can do this. We just have to get through this together. Something that will definitely keep you interested in is there are tons of innuendo. And hmm. it is all coming out her. She has no idea what the hell she is saying. Like, there's one episode where they're sitting at a train station, and she's like, you know what, I'm really bored. I'm going to suck it. And Coconuts is losing his shit. He goes, what? What is she going to suck? Can we do this in public? And it turns out she's talking about candy. There's innuendo like that all throughout. But the way this series ends is literally it's uh, sitting at a bus station as it's raining. And with the conversation, it stops raining. And she's like, hey, you know what? Let's take a trip right now. And it ends on them just kind of walking off together like they were going to the bus station or something like that. And that's that's really the, the long and short of the, the anime. It's, like I said, it's a good guilty pleasure. Definitely slice of life. Uh, OP is... It's hard to describe. It's kind of like a twangy J-pop. And... Well, the... There are references all throughout the OP of different movies like Indiana Jones, Star Wars, um, there's a few others. But the ED, it's, the song is called Calorie Queen, if you want to look it up. Uh, definitely a pretty poppy song, but the one thing that draws me towards that, that uh, closing segment is it's Hunter and uh, Saya being in uh, Alice in Wonderland, where Saya is Alice and Hunter is going back and forth, being all the different other characters. Most notice, most noticeably the March Hare. But yeah, I mean you get some you get some fun uh, quotes out of it. Uh, one of my favorites is definitely we want to avoid Captain Speedo. Uh, yeah. Sounds interesting. It's all that oh, dude, it's... If you have five hours to kill, which in this pandemic everybody does, sit down, give it a watch, um, love it or hate it, it's well animated. The voice acting is spot on. Uh, compared to the manga, the manga is a little bit more in depth 
than this one is, and they the anime takes from the manga and it kind of hops all over the place based on what episode it is. So it's not in one linear direction, and you can kind of do that with uh, how the episodes land too. Okay. Uh, there is there is a season two of this. It came out one or two years ago. There is a rumored season three, which uh, they said it. I can't remember if they said it's in production or if it's in pre-production. But there is no lack of material that they can draw on. So they should have more than enough for a season three. Well, it's not like it matters. We'll all be dead before that can happen anyway. Well, yeah. Yeah, I want to at least have my corpse be entertained. See, my thing is, I don't care if the world dies. I don't care if this fucking COVID shit kills everybody. But please let me have season two of ReZero before I die. Please. Okay. I I just want to see Resident Evil 4's remake and then... Okay, you remember that kid I was talking about? The uh, the overly Christian kid? Yeah. I apparently shocked the living hell out of him when I said, I don't care if the fucking world ends, wipe humanity off the face of the earth. Like, he stood there and stared at me. <laughs> oh, that's kind of funny to me, because if he's, like, super uber hyper-Christian, he'd be rooting for it, too. I mean, Jeb, that's yeah, very unholy of you to say, though. That's very um, unholy. Like, don't you think this COVID stuff, I'm sorry, he said coronavirus. Don't you think that's coronavirus stuff is signs of the end times? It's like when Jesus is going to come back, you said there's going to be plagues and pestilence. And I'm like, dude, it's a pandemic. It happens once every couple hundred years. Yeah, that was my thought, too. Like, uh, I assume that when the last big pandemic hit, everybody was screaming, Jesus is coming back. Spanish flu. Oh, no, I can't think of that. There's, uh, there's been a couple within our lifetimes. There's been SARS, uh, swine flu, uh, something else I can't remember. But, yeah, COVID is the most recent mutation of Pig flu thing. Huh? There was the pig flu thing. Yeah, I thought I said swine flu. Oh, there's swine flu and bird flu. That's what I was thinking of. But yeah, these pandemics hit us every now and then. Most of them are based on the flu virus, and most of it's somebody's eating. It's common knowledge that there, there is no cure for a virus, but you can avoid it. And here we are in 2020 teaching people how to wash their hands and wipe their asses. No. Well, there may not be a cure for it, but there are antivirals, which if you were to be able to separate the specific strain and let it die out, then inject that person with a a dead uh, form of the virus, your your body's immune system well, pretty much. We could just use the dewormer Monica talked about. Yeah, right. Uh. We'll just we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll take fucking cow shots and we'll be all better. 
Just don't start eating grass after that. Mm. Oh man, you just reminded me. You just reminded me of Vic, man. Oh man, oh, man I'm sorry. Uh, shouldn't have done that. That was a mistake. I I realize now. Dude, I I promised myself I would never cry on YouTube. Okay, do, do you <laughs> you really? Oh man. You cried like 10 minutes ago. Shut the fuck up. It ain't my fault, man. We'll get through this. As soon as we start getting money from his death, we'll get through this. Don't don't edit out the crying so people can sympathize with us and shit. Yeah, I, I will do my best to edit this, but I don't think I'll be able to edit out any of the crying. Can you, can you add some wailing in? Like some sound effects? <laughs> yeah, I'll add the Wilhelm scream. Or you could you could just add now, the uh, the voices from Resident Evil Four. Okay, dude, you want to get to this villagers? When, when it comes to your death, I'm gonna personally go to your grave, piss on it, and tap dance on top of it. Okay. No, no, <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. In my funeral, you guys are gonna play the Super Mario Brothers theme, and when you lower me, you play the sound effect where Mario goes into a tube, and then. When I'm down in the grave, you guys can play the underground theme. No, 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 no. We're not going to play the underground theme. Once you go far enough under, we'll play the uh, the game over music. Oh, yeah. yeah I was going to say, if we're invited to his funeral and I have any, uh, you put me anywhere near the projection screen, I'm going to play I Spit on Your Grave. <laughs> you Whoa, that, would be, that would be memorable. Uh, when no I died, I'm, I stole this from a friend. Go ahead, go ahead, continue. I was just saying, no shit, man. A rape revenge film being played at a fucking funeral. Like, that's not going to gather some attention. That's a great fucking you, you movie, could play though. The, you could play the Saw theme, too. I would like that. Uh, I stole this from a friend, but when I die, I want... um. The uh, the hamster dance song to play just to piss everybody off, and I want my body lowered down with wires, and then I want my corpse to be puppeteered to walk up and down the aisle and like lean over and hug little kids and shit. <laughs> now the you know what's even better. You know what's even better. You could have your corpse hand out money to a lady. Fuck yeah. Now, the hamster dance thing is something that I actually might do now. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Just that, like, I know a lot of people aren't going to come to my to my funeral because fuck people and I don't really like them. But anybody that is there, even if you're working there, I'm going to make your life hell. I, I If, Just, if I outlive you... If I outlive you, I promise to go to your funeral, and when they when they lower your casket, I will dump a bottle of whiskey on your coffin for you. Do you have a preferred brand? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's in between uh, Maker's Mark just, and... Just uh, bring it, Jack Daniels. Ugh, no, I don't want bourbon. Um... No, probably Jameson. Jameson would be good. Alright, cool. I will do that and I will make sure they play the hamster dance. 
We couldn't hand out your favorite cigarettes. Yeah, that's true. Hell yeah. You know, pack all cartons for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> cartons for all the eight-year-olds. No, actually, we'll give, we'll give the kids chewing tobacco. Make sure to give them actual chewing tobacco and not that fucking snuff dip shit. Get them like fucking Leaf Garretson or Beech Nut. Yeah, of course. Uh, nah, dude. What, what I'm going to have them do is get a bunch of that Big League Chew, open it, pull all the gum out, and just stuff it full of just that moist, Chewing tobacco. Yes, like fucking Beech Nut or Levi Garretson or uh, Red Man. Yeah, Red Man. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, just hand that all to all the kids. Let the parents be like, ah, he's getting great gum. <laughs> Good luck trying to figure out why your kid's vomiting profusely in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Mommy, can I get some more of that gum the nice dead guy gave us? Uh, yeah, hand out candy cigarettes. <laughs> Packs of candy cigarettes with real cigarettes in them. And you know what? We'll coat them in chocolate so when they take a bite out of it, they'll be surprised. <laughs> no, fuck. Uh, this is going back probably about 15 or so years, but Camel used to have tins of cigarettes. Oh, yeah, I've seen the tins. One of them was like a chocolate caramel. Another one was birthday cake. They cost like 10 bucks a pack back in the day. So they were really fucking pricey. That's expensive. Yeah. Nowadays, you you can't find any of that shit. There used to be cigarettes that were literally... The same color as the rainbow. Like one was red, one was purple. You can't find any of this stuff anymore because Joe Camel. You can't have him because it's pandering the kids. Yeah. Oh, you know what? You know what? That gives me a great idea. We'll hand out cigarettes dipped in acid. That shit gets you high. Like you've ever done acid? No, I haven't. But I, I'd like to see it. Like, imagine everybody getting one of those at your funeral. Everybody. We'll give the kids some after we give the adults because when we give the adults, they won't be aware enough to stop us. Bullshit. I've been on LSD enough times. No right from wrong. <laughs> I just know. <laughs> Alright, boys. I hate to do this to you, but we better start my segment. Alrighty. <clears throat> After many episodes where I was a lazy ass and didn't do any research, I'm back to torture you all with yet another installment of the saga of Chris Chan. I've decided that I'm not completely diving into the Sonichu comics yet. I'll bring up things that are important to Chris's story, and after the series concludes, I will make a dedicated segment to the entire Sonichu comic series. Last time we ended with Chris performing the Curse Yeha Meha or whatever the fuck it was called and him making a Match.com profile. To be completely honest, I purged most of the memories of the last cringe corner from my brain entirely. Cannot blame. (laughs) 
Continuing with our journey, though, around the same time he made the Match profile, he also made a MySpace account. This is the section from his About Me on... This is a small section of his About Me from his MySpace page. I did not write all of it because fucking hell. I'm young at heart. I'm currently writing a comic book, and I've written quite a few, so, uh, quite a few issues so far. I'm a bit shy but would enjoy the company of a beautiful girl who likes some of the same things I do. I also like to have fun when I can, and I don't really like to be alone. This first part about, of the About Me is actually okay in my opinion. It's honest, it's not very long, it says what it needs to say, and it's done. Other than the young at heart bullshit he spouts once again, it's pretty alright. Too bad it keeps going. In typical Chris fashion, what starts out normal has to go down a rabbit hole of weirdness or lies. So let's see what else is about me, says. <clears throat> I graduated from high school on the honor roll. If you remember anything from the last segment I did of this, you'll know that that's a lie. It's hard to get on honor roll when you're sleeping through class. I, I can tell that's a lie even though I didn't yet see the last episode. <laughs> Uh, and I'm doing very well at PVCC, which is the community college that he was going to. Another lie. This is around the time uh, the Dean of Student Affairs and my personal hero, Mary Lee Walsh, tore down his attraction sign and told him to stop being a fucking retard. <laughs> a lot of men make false promises to their girlfriend. Girlfriends. But I am totally different. Yes. He is very different from those men. For one, he'll never get a girl... <clears throat> Whoops, spoilers. Anyway. Aww. Anyway, one last line from his about me because I find it funny. I think that, in parentheses most, girls deserve the world. I would mm. do my best to give it to them. I haven't had the best of luck with girlfriends in the past, there was a lot of lying and backstabbing done to me. And, and I'm looking for someone honest who will love me for me. The only lying I see here is him lying that he's had girlfriends at all. Unless he means that there were lies and backstabbing that prevented him getting a girlfriend. Which, if that's the case, this is still misleading. But it's Chris, so what can you do? I'll take it. <laughs> In June of 2004, Chris made a present to honor his parents' 24th wedding anniversary. He did this by making a documentary on Animal Crossing, kind of retelling their lives, but not really. It's hard to explain... Wait, what? Animal Crossing? Yeah, he took Animal Crossing, made characters that wore clothes similar to what his parents wore, uh, decorated houses to match what they were when they were younger, and acted like it was documentary. Uh, I I have nothing to say. Go on. <clears throat> Don't try to fix it. I'm just going to end up having a stroke and just staring at your screen going... <laughs> uh, but... Let's be honest, this would be a good gift to your parents if you were five. I think that's yeah. the, I think the big problem here with Chris is this. People throw around the word man-child a lot, but Chris is the real <laughs> deal. He literally spent he's is literally a five-year-old trapped in a grown man's body. The worst part is he could change it, but he refuses to. 
as you'll see as we go on in future episodes, it's almost like he actively fights to remain as childish as possible in all the worst ways. It's extreme laziness, egotism, and mental illness creating a perfect storm that, in my opinion, should uh, have never been given internet access. There's probably people worse than Chris, but they have the decency to hide their shitty lives from the internet. Chris doesn't do that. In case you're wondering why I went on this long aside that went off the main story, it's because I'm stalling because I don't want to go any deeper into this nightmare yet. I'm writing this as I research, and goddamn, I do not... I just want to stop. Anyway, back to the nightmare. <laughs> we do learn uh, from this video that his dad was a veteran and received a Medal of Honor. Again, as I said in the last segment... Chris's dad was what appeared to be an upstanding guy who tried his best to raise his son right. After going through his parents' lives, he takes time to talk about when he was born and his life, because their anniversary has everything to do with him, am I right? After that, the video... Oh, yeah, totally. 150 fucking percent. After that, the video cuts to a drawing he made in Mario Paint, which says, Happy anniversary! Thank you for uh, thank you for my birth. Love, Christian. Again, making this about him. Oh. Seen the pattern yet? Oh. Don't so you Like, I'm, I'm fucking stuck. <laughs> wait, that, wait, you said he was 22. He's like 22, 24, somewhere in that area. Dude. Now it's time for the real cringe. I don't even know when my parents' anniversary is. (laughs) Now it's time for the real cringe. The shit I've been alluding to in every previous part. His attraction sign was failing. Big shock there. So, being the genius that he is, Chris decided to employ a new tactic to find a girlfriend. I want y'all to guess what he did. Did he A actually go talk to women and try to get over his fear b get more serious about dating online dating and send actual messages to women in hopes of finding someone who matched his common interests c realize that finding a woman just wasn't in the cards and give up entirely or d be a complete fucking retard in an even more glorious way than before card i'm i'm swinging towards d That's right, it's D. Everyone wins a prize. Being suicidal after hearing this shit. You lose the will to live, and you lose the will to live. Everyone loses the will to live. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Here's what he did. He decided to, this is a quote from him, reel a girl in on the red strings of fate. What? What? Uh, the, the red like string. a dollar bill attached to a red hunky yarn. Say that again, what? So please tell me it's not like a dollar bill taped <laughs> to a hunky yarn. You know what's really sad? You're super fucking close. Oh. <laughs> he tied a string oh, to a paper heart that said, return me to my owner, and threw it at women in a busy store in hopes that they would carry it back to him. Oh my god. No, I'm not kidding. Yes, this is real life. Unfortunately, the tactic only lasted four days before mall security told him to knock his shit off. 
This is a loss, but like every cloud, there is a silver lining. Although Chris didn't use this method as much anymore, the, this moment added a new word to the Chris lexicon, jerk cop. Jerk cops are mall security that Chris doesn't like, and soon they will become a big part of not only Chris's life, but also the Sonichu lore. Speaking of Sonichu, well, I know I haven't they, mentioned the comic book got, for they, quite a bit. Wait, what? They got in the way of his love life. What? They got in the way of his love life. Yeah. I don't blame him. <laughs> right. <The> pigs. <laughs> uh, speaking of Sonichu, I know I didn't mention the comic book for uh, in a bit, but at this point, but as this point, as of this point in the timeline, the only thing of importance that's happened is that he made some new characters which won't last long. Those being the Chris Chan Sonichu, the Sonichu I can't be fucked to remember the name of that was the was his rival because it was based on Sarah from Part One and the Last Part's boyfriend, and Sarah Hammerchu, all one word. I bet you can guess what that's based on. His mother. No, uh, Sarah Hammer was the girl that locked him in the crawl space and all that other shit. He ended up getting a crush on her even though she had a boyfriend, so he made her into one of his comic book characters and then made her boyfriend a comic book character, and her boyfriend was his rival in the comic book. Uh, okay, I know who uh, she was. I was trying to be retarded, but I, I couldn't match him, apparently. <laughs> I mean, I was going to try and be retarded and say Sarah Connor, but this is better. <laughs> nah, dude, you're talking about Sarah Palin. <laughs> uh, later in the year, Pokemon started to take a back seat for Chris, and he got into Yu-Gi-Oh! And started to make oh, custom no, cards. No. Uh, he started making custom cards, anime. just like he did with Pokemon. Uh, he made Sonichu, of course. He made the Virgin with Rage trap card and many, many more. Yes, the Virgin with Rage thing is carrying over into his custom cards now. Wait, wait. Do you happen to know what that card does? I'm interested. Uh, I saw the picture of it, but I cannot remember what its ability is. There was another one where you give, uh, like, uh, you activate this trap card when you see a cute girl that you want to date, and then she will be forced to date you. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, what? This dude really does think like a five-year-old. <laughs> dude. Getting into Pokemon. I saw you what? <laughs> I saw you first, you're mine. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> like all you have to do you don't have to set any cards you just have to put that card face down and just activate it and you automatically win <laughs> Getting I just walk out to here hold this <laughs> she flips it over ha you're mine now bitch <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only dating was that easy if this dude could beat the pharaoh <laughs> Uh, getting into Yu-Gi-Oh! is how he met Megan Trainer, a new name in this tragic comedy. He became obsessed with her. No fucking shit, he made like 60 fucking online diary entries about this bitch in a matter of like three days. Did you say Megan Trainer? Yes. I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> oh, please tell me you know her. I know who she is, yeah. <laughs> well, this bitch happened to have the same name, so... 
<laughs> I had my hopes up. Uh, he became obsessed with her, and since she liked Yu-Gi-Oh, he became more obsessed with Yu-Gi-Oh as well. And I'm not kidding. Like, there was like 60 fucking diary entries over a three-day span on his online fucking journal about this bitch. Like, constantly. I'm really fond of her, but she just wants to stay friends. So I'm respecting her wishes because I'm that fond of her. She's such an amazing girl. I'm so glad that I got into Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay, that's not too bad compared to everything else. Okay, see, uh, it wouldn't be that bad as I said it. But if you read it the way Chris says it, it's just as bad. Trust me. Yeah, I don't doubt that, actually. He finally realized that he was basically trying to sell himself with his love quest. But rather than using this newfound awareness to better himself, he took it as a good thing and continued to push his love quest just as hard. Sadly... <sighs> Sadly, our hero was arrested while throwing the heart on the string at women at the mall. <laughs> uh, good, you know what? If I, can, if I can get thrown out of a mall for wearing a t-shirt with the word fuck on it, <laughs> you can get physically removed for throwing shit at people. <laughs> he didn't go to jail, but he got banned from... Well, because I had shorts on. <laughs> He didn't go to jail, but he got banned from the mall and could only go back with his mom and dad with him. Just remember, at this point in the timeline, he is 22 years old, but has to have his parents accompany him in order to go into the mall. If I had to go home and tell that to my parents, I'd rather not go home at all. Oh, it gets better. We're right at the closing part of my segment, but this is where shit gets crazy. Like, this happened, and then five days later, he was suspended from his college for a year. For all the shit that he was doing with the fucking attraction sign and the bullshit with Mary Lee Walsh and trying to perform the curse yeha meha on her, it all finally came to bite him in the ass. Thank you. At this point, you'd think he'd realize that maybe, just maybe, the shit is happening is his fault. Not everyone else's. But no, that's not Chris. Chris is never to blame. It's everyone else who is wrong. Of course, because he's Jesus. <laughs> he, he thinks of himself you know, as you know, Jesus. You know in the Bible how it says, at first they hated him for telling the truth. That's Christian. <laughs> fucking A. He's also the fucking I, OG incel. I, I, what? Me or him? You didn't hear what you said. Uh, I said, thank you for making me hate the Bible even more. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's where I'll leave this for now. Things will only continue to ramp up from here. We're getting into the hellish territory now, but this is only the beginning. The road gets much, much worse from here on. So mentally uh, prepare yourself for uh, next week's Cringe Corner as we prepare as we continue our deep dive into the story of Chris Chan. I, I will never see malls the same way again after this. <laughs> I will always remember this whenever I walk into a mall. You're going to be looking for a fat guy with a heart on a string throwing it at women, aren't you? Dude, if I find that, I'm going to call National Geographic and we're going to make a documentary. 
Well, see, I can't, I can't do anything or say anything. Well, actually, I can because I think I was like 15 when I did this. But I used to have, uh, like, when I would wear out a pair of jeans, like, I always wore black jeans, so they would eventually fade out to, like, gray or whatever. <laughs> so I would go into the mall, meet a bunch of my friends, would walk through the mall, and each one of my friends had a Sharpie, and I had a Sharpie. And we would inevitably have anybody and everybody we could in the mall sign my pants. <laughs> the very places to fill up were my crotch and my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and it was always women signing it right down my dick. I'm like, hey, I can feel that. Was- <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I got two dates out of that when I got... <laughs> But I got my shit signed. I was like, all right. <laughs> I I still prefer I still prefer the heart with the string. And that that's on spot. That's he's as far hard. as I can understand, <clears throat> he stole it from an anime. <clears throat> Not directly. Like there wasn't somebody in an anime that did that exact thing. But, like, the red string of fate came from an anime, and he thought that if he used a red string that that would uh, be more to attract a woman and all this other shit. Like, everything connects back to an anime. I just can't remember the name of it. Oh, and uh, one other thing. Vincent, how you said, oh, my childhood, what about this anime when you're referring to Yu-Gi-Oh? Yes. Fuck you. That's done by four kids. Anybody that knows anything about anime hates four kids because I didn't have a guy to ever watch. I've four never kids watched are the ones who did the fucking like, egregious fucking translation changes, aren't they? I yep. never watched. Like fucking change that scene in Pokemon where Brock was eating sushi, and they thought that that wouldn't play well for American children, so they made him say that he was eating fucking jelly donuts when he clearly had a plate full of fucking sushi. Yep. I've, I've never watched four kids in my life. All my life, I've been watching anime sub. Okay, if you're watching it sub, that's a little bit better. Ever since I was a kid, I've been watching any anime I've watched. It was sub. Never in my life have I watched a dubbed anime. Okay, then you got Pokemon probably what three, four years before the rest of us did. Uh, I never got into Pokemon. No, let's be completely honest here. Considering his age, Pokemon was out before he was born. Well, yeah, but I never got into Pokemon. God, thank you for making me feel old. (laughs) Hey, hey, I was alive when Pokemon came out. I bought Pokemon Red like a week after it dropped. I never liked Pokemon for some reason. I liked the games, the anime, the TV show, whatever, didn't really interest me all that much. There was a few episodes that were okay, the movie was okay, but I really dug the games. I never played the card game. Uh, I played it, like, twice, and I just couldn't get into it. But I really fucking loved the actual, like, Game Boy games. Only The only episode of Pokemon that I've watched 
was one that they had a warning about that it causes seizures. Oh, and yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that episode's fucking yeah. infamous. What? I had like a seizure a year ago and I watched it to see if I'd get it again. <laughs> That's how dumb I am. Yeah, that sounds about right. The first go round in America with that, they actually had that in. Same thing yeah. where uh in one of the episodes, James was dressed up as a girl. Oh, yeah. You want to know, you want to know something? A Pokemon was banned from, from Saudi Arabia because they thought it was a Zionist, uh, what, a Zionist conspiracy. I heard about that. That's hilarious. I mean, hey, uh, coming from an Arabian guy, 50, 70% of Arabians... Okay, if you... Say uh, you showed them Lawrence of Arabia. They would tell you it's a conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, There was one um, fucking... uh, I forget which Pokemon it was. I think it was Jinx. A lot of people were trying to get that Pokemon banned because they said it was a racist caricature of black people. Yeah, so they turned it purple, which... (laughs) I'm like, okay, you're going to go after something like that, but you guys aren't going to bitch about uh, Mr. Popo from Dragon Ball... Are, are you fucking retarded? <laughs> right. Why do adults get so sensitive about anime? Why what? Why do adults get so sensitive about shit like that in anime? Like, I remember when season four of My Hero Academia was still running, like, a month ago or so, everyone got pissed because one of the characters had the same birthday as Hitler. What the fuck? There's literally an anime with Hitler in it. There's a fucking show from the UK with Hitler in it. It's a sitcom. Yeah, hi, honey. honey. Yeah. Have you ever seen any parts of Hi, honey, I'm home? I want to. I haven't yet, though. Oh, my God. It is such a fucking train wreck. (laughs) You have to see it. Like, it... Oh my god, it'll make you cringe even after Christian. Oh god. Seriously? I want to see that. Oh, that's that's kind of oh, terrifying. It, it, should, it should be on YouTube. Seriously. <laughs> no, if it's not actually, on YouTube, you're talking about Christian as, as if it's torture. I'm looking at it as a comedy movie. I'm loving it. <laughs> oh see, no, dude, it's hilarious. Like, uh, like I said last episode, uh, y'all get a filter. Like, through me, you get a filter of this shit. Imagine actually having to sit through a three-hour video of Chris talking about his parents' anniversary and stumbling as over his words, and then standing in one place for five minutes as the jukebox plays a song all the way through. It's fucking <laughs> torture when you actually have to sit through the shit. Do you realize how hard I work to make this even slightly funny? I I can tell by the way you were talking so fast that you wrote everything down and you just get you just want to get done with it. You just want to get over with. It. See, when I first started, I thought I knew the entire story of Chris Chan, and I'm like, yeah, it's bad. 
but I can handle this shit. It's fine. It's no big deal. And then as I deep dive and start actually watching his videos, I'm just like, oh my God, please just remove my brain with a fucking olive spoon. Just, just remove it. Just take it out entirely with a little ditty bitty spoon. That will be less painful than having to sit through this. I swear to God, I have had to listen to the song So Need a Cute Girl six or seven times at this point. I hear it in my dreams and I want to die. Just use the red wire of fate to take your brain out. <sighs> Throw it a heart. At this point, he's going to use the red wire of fate to hang himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know you know the wire you were talking about to puppeteer your corpse? Use that. See, bear this in mind. At any point in the future, if I shoot out a tweet like, hey, I'm starting my research on Christian, and then y'all just never hear from me again, you know what happened. If you do shoot out a tweet like that, I'm going to block you anyways. (laughs) Because I don't want to be there when you die. Oh, I, so I tweet no. that all the time. Like every time I start research on Chris channel, I'll tweet it out and I'll tweet out little tweezers teasers as to uh, what's going to happen next. Uh, my most recent one was I just got finished my segment on Chris Chan. Uh, everything's written up. Uh, I want to die now. Somebody just put a bullet in my fucking head. And then I ended it in all caps with who the fuck tries to actually reel in a woman. <laughs> it's like, just think about it. Just think about it as fishing. Like you put a worm on a hook and you throw it. Yeah. Like Motherfucker is basically uh, fucking um, the 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 monster from Undertale that uh, heard the line. There's plenty of fish in the sea, so he stuck a fishing pole in the river and attached to the hook was his phone number. <laughs> That's essentially Chris Uh-oh. Chan. Oh uh, no! If he ever hears this, don't give him a fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me, it reminds me of a, of a kid that was with me in 10th grade that would spend all day, like we had seven classes a day. He would spend all our classes writing his phone number on small papers and cutting them out. And on the way home in the bus, he would throw them out of the bus when we were going. Uh, there was a girls school we used to... Uh, <laughs> We used to pass every day in the bus, and he would start throwing the papers out the window every time we see, passed that school see, that's, until they banned him from the bus. See, that's fine, though, because this was in school as a teenager or as a kid. I get that. You do stupid shit when you're a kid. You don't You don't throw hearts attached to, ye- to red yarn at women in a mall when you're 24. Like, no, you like, like just imagine. Just imagine this poor lady shopping. Opening the door out, screaming at people. Exactly. Just, just imagine this lady shopping. She's probably getting some shit for her, for her kid's birthday tomorrow, and then she gets smacked in the face with a red heart, (laughs) and it says "Return to Owner." And she looks over there, and there's a fat guy hiding behind a column, and his (laughs) ass is sticking out the other end. What's sad is that's probably what he fucking did too. <laughs> I threw it at the old woman. Maybe she'll take the bait. No, he wouldn't have thrown it at an old woman because he's got very specific age ranges that he follows. They have to be basically a supermodel that's within like three years of his age. 
please, please pick up the heart this time. And he gives it a little kiss before he throws it. <laughs> the way that I have read it through all the different sources that I've read it from, it sounds like he would see a girl that he found attractive and then just fling it at her and then hope she would pick it up. I wonder if anybody ever picked it up just out of curiosity. <laughs> I, oh, if I would have ever seen something like that, I would have been a heartbeat just to be a giant fucking troll. <laughs> I would I would pick up the heart and follow See, the, the line of fate just to beat the shit out of the guy at the other end. I will say this. <laughs> I can guarantee you that at, at least this much, no gay man and no black man ever picked up the heart. Because as racist and homophobic as he is, if he if that would have happened, uh, he would have ended up going to jail or the hospital because he would have made a racist or homophobic scene. That's how bad this dude is. I'm not surprised. Oh, I really wish I would have picked it up. I really would have come up and hi, you me. Hi there, honey pants. I notice you some guy. Oh god! <laughs> His fucking attraction sign said blacks and gays can go jump off of a cliff or some shit. It's like, how does a real human think like this? Like he's a okay, he's a fucking Nazi. That that's that's what I'm getting. He's the five year old Nazi. Somebody needs to fucking game in this dude. I'm cutting that out, but he's still. Like- I mean, he's like those. You know how Hitler would recruit little kids. He. <laughs> so wait, did you just compare the FSU to Chris Chan? <laughs> I no, think I he think, did. I think Chris Chan is worse. I think the FSU had higher standards. <laughs> like, they wouldn't settle for this bullshit. Imagine a sit-down between Chris Chan and Hitler. Oh, yeah, that would be a fun... Oh, God, that would be a card-off. <laughs> I bet that would be number one trending on YouTube for years. Oh, no, I'd be like, I hate blacks, I hate blacks, too, I hate Jews, I hate Jews, too. Let's be best friends and play with Play-Doh. <laughs> no, that's another thing. He won't, he, he, he doesn't want to play with other guys. He'll, his, all of his friends have all been women. He refuses but, to be around guys. Like, he's made it clear that he hates most men. <laughs> he'll probably, he'll probably show... Hitler his trick with the heart and line and Hitler would try it with money against American soldiers. <laughs> um Nope, I'm not in no. No nowhere near no, I'm not gonna make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Too no, hot for do. YouTube. Alrighty boys, we need to wrap this up. Uh Hey, maybe we can get Brad Pitt on the podcast. Get Brad Pitt. H3H3 can't even book Brad Pitt. Are you fucking insane? What if we book H3H3? 
H3H3 will only book people bigger than him because he's clout chasing. The only time he's ever booked someone smaller than him, he only had them on for three minutes and just treated them like shit even though they were a fan who made something for him. Yeah. You know what? We could reach out we could reach out to PewDiePie and tell him about how sad we are about Vic. And then he'll probably give us a shout out. <laughs> Gloria Borger might shout us out on Pew News. <laughs> nah, unfortunately Pew News isn't a thing anymore. Oh shit. I am way behind. See, like I said in the Q&A episode, I'm not a big fan of PewDiePie. I'm just not. I mean, I've not been a fan of YouTube at all for the last four or five months. I'm still heavy uh, on YouTube. Seriously, yeah, though, what, happened, what happened to Filthy Frank? Uh, he became a musician. He stopped doing the comedy videos because it was starting to, the, the big physical comedy that he was doing was starting to give him seizures, so he decided to pursue music. But unfortunately, um, his actual music, in my opinion at least, is utter trash. It sounds like half-ass lo-fi emo bullshit and the lyrics suck dick and you can barely understand the goddamn lyrics anyway. He's like a mumble rapper who doesn't rap but sings instead. Wow. Like, literally, his music, okay. at least what I've heard, has sounded like... It's like, what the fuck, man? Okay, yeah, we should get him to do a duet with, with Eminem. What? Uh, what, Jeb? That made me think, like, kind of a mumble rapper trying to sing Frozen. <laughs> That's essentially <laughs> what Filthy Frank has become. That's what Joji is now. He's a mumble rapper trying to sing Let It Go. I mean, the dude looks like hammered shit. Dude, that's like his aesthetic now, is this sad boy tore up emo shit. And it's annoying as piss, because uh, I don't care what anybody says, he has become everything he used to rail against. Yeah. Dude, I mean, I thought that emo shit died a long time ago anyways. No, emo's still going strong, which is fine. And maybe if he was better at making like music in the style that he's going for, it would be good. But what he is making is just hot trash. His newest single was okay. Like, it was leagues above everything else that he's done. But leagues above everything else that he's done is still like a negative four on a scale of one to ten. So, like, <laughs> it's a white napkin in, inside of a bag of trash. Exactly. Impressive. I mean, don't get me wrong, I have a lot of respect for George Miller. I wish him all the best, and I hope that his career goes super far. But I think it's hot trash, and I ain't interested in it. It's like when Michael Jordan quit basketball to be a baseball player. Yeah, right. Yeah, he went right back to basketball. Uh, there's yeah, a new guy, though. how fucking dumb he was. There's a new guy, though, Vincent, that you might be interested in looking into. It's uh, TV Filthy Frank 2. Uh, dude is almost pull pulling, like, some Doctor Who type shit. Like, he's got the same lore of Filthy Frank going on. 
and he's doing the same shit, but he's playing it off like there was like a body swap or some shit. And but he gets the voice fucking spot on, the humor style spot on. It literally feels like watching OG Filthy Frank videos with just a slightly different face. Hmm. You think I should do an actually good movie next time? I never did a good movie. Uh, didn't you do Reservoir Dogs, dumbass? Or are you saying that was a bad movie? No, it was a good movie, but it was a, a shitty review. I talked about it for five minutes. Oh, yeah. Well, let's let's consider your track record so far. Every review you've done has been shitty. That's kind of your thing. Yeah, I did a lot of shitty movies. No, you did shitty reviews of shitty movies and a shitty well, yeah. TV show. Doing a shitty job at reviewing has kind of become your thing. Eh. But what if I do a good movie like Inglorious Bastards or something? If you were to do a yeah. fully fleshed out review, uh, one, it would be really interesting, but two, it would be long as fuck because there's a lot of shit to cover in that movie. If you just cover the fucking baseline of Inglorious Bastards, you're going to be missing out on so much fucking detail that it's not even worth doing the goddamn review. I mean, that, I mean, I don't mean in particular Inglorious Bastards. I mean, like something that levels up to that, like well, something that good. <clears throat> if you're going to hit up something that good, once again, you run into the same problem. I can't think of any movie that good. No, no, like, something good, that, but that in the same time, I would find stuff to shit on, like Rocky or Braveheart. Oh, so you're talking about find a good movie and find a spin to make fun of it while still appreciating it as a good movie. Yeah, like, I could make fun of Stallone in Rocky. Okay, see, that's low-hanging fruit, though. That is, like, super low-hanging fruit. Anybody can make fun of Sylvester Stallone's accent and be like, there's fucking grade-A comedy. No, you need to work a little tiny bit harder. Come up with jokes that play off of what's happening in the movie. Make it clever. Make something punchy. Hmm. Well, actually, Stallone is a walking joke. It's not just the accent. The dude can't act for shit. Oh, no, obviously fucking not. But still, my point stands. That's low-hanging no, fruit. I mean, sure, if you want to make some Stallone jokes, go for it. But you need to do a little bit more than that. You can't just come in with, uh, Guys, look at Sylvester Stallone. He, he, he. <laughs> well, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> All right. I could make a lot of fun of Braveheart. Even though it's one of my favorite movies. Fuck, I'll be honest, Braveheart is one of the few Mel Gibson movies where I'm like, this was almost a fucking masterpiece. Almost. Yeah, I'll give it credit. Yeah. I'll still make funny if there wasn't Mel Gibson that hard now. <laughs> yeah, right? Seriously, I do not like Mel Gibson that much. It happens to be that two of Look at your fucking profile picture, Vincent. Okay, it's 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 Martin Briggs. It's still Mel Gibson, Vincent. Whatever, fuck you. Honestly, I'm surprised it wasn't Cloud because you're like double dicking those two all the fucking time. I only have Cloud as my roleplay account. I don't suck his dick. Oh wait, no, it's Vincent's dick that you suck. That's the character, right? Yeah. 
Okay, so you're double-dicking those two, then. I could do a shitty review of a game, because you always find shit in games. Oh, yeah, if you're looking hard enough, you can do a lot with games, especially if you uh, start pointing out mechanics and shit. Like, you can make a lot of good jokes about wonky mechanics. Because I... Remember when I used to play that Final Fantasy game that was an RPG, uh, the third-person shooter? I could shit on that a lot. Yeah. Even though it's a good game. Yeah. Alright, boys, look, we gotta hit up this outro, because I gotta get to fucking bed. I am fucking exhausted. What time? Oh, it's 8 8 a.m. already. It's 12.07 here. (laughs) Hmm. <clears throat> you still on, Jeb? Yeah, I'm here. Alright, just making sure. <clears throat> Let's hit this fucking outro up. Mm, thank you once again, ladies and gentlemen, for coming to watch a episode 10 of the Pillbox Podcast. We appreciate it so much. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. As always, there will be timestamps in the pinned comments, as well as social media links and all of that important stuff. Um, we will be, be back sure next to... week. Rick. Uh, remember to leave uh, a comment saying RIP Vic and, uh, we'll get the donation links up soon. So you can give us money for our grieving. We can take PayPal, Zenmo, you can mail it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so There's one thing I will bring up, uh, a little bit of awareness cause I've noticed it on his profile. Uh, Vic passed. Uh, a couple of days ago, but I keep seeing uh, traffic to his profile, and I keep seeing people as him posting. I don't know if somebody got into his account. I don't know if it's one of his yeah, family members. Just replied. His account just replied to uh, the post uh, Monica mentioned me in, and um, I didn't want to bring it up in the podcast, but it's concerning. It's uh, it's irking me. Yeah. Yeah, so if you could uh, message that person, whoever they are, just tell them to knock this shit off. I mean, it's... It's not funny. You don't, yeah, you don't hack his account. Grieving, guys, seriously, we're grieving. It's it's not fun. No, I mean, well, we, 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 we joke around you things like this did hit us really hard. Yeah. I mean, we lost somebody very close to us. And like this, it, it came the fuck out of nowhere. Through my veins, let me be empty. Oh, weightless, and maybe I'll find some peace tonight. Stop being retarded. In the arms of the angel, Yeah.
风。